0: What's up Syracuse fans? It's Friday morning and we have one thing that we need to get to before we rest for the weekend and that is Syracuse basketball and the projections not looking great in the ACC. Someone's got to step up Bones.
1: Yeah and you know even before that I just want to rejoice the Klein man is back. You weren't here yesterday Brad but we're happy to have you back today.
0: All that and more. Brad is back on Locked on Syracuse. Let's do it. All right, Syracuse fans, welcome back to Lock- Locked on Syracuse. I'm Brad Klein, he's Matt Bonaparte, and this episode brought to you by Online. Locked on Syracuse. We appreciate you making it your first listen every day. We are free and
1: available wherever you get your podcast. Bones, it's good to be back. I miss you. I'm glad you are back, Brad. Uh, you know, it was a nice little break, maybe some space between us, but uh, now that you're back, it's just like a good rejoice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely was able to get some personal time for myself, which is always important, but never more important than spending time with bones. Now I mentioned off the top bones. We have one really important thing to get to before the weekend turns over. And that is Syracuse basketball and go check out the article on Syracuse.com. Mike Curtis doing a great job shining a light on what the orange need from specific players this coming year. And to me, You have a lot of freshmen coming in. The question marks are infinite. You think about what Benny Williams was last year as a hybrid freshman. A lot of people thought he could be one and done, and he was the exact opposite. You never know what you're going to get out of the freshman. So Curtis raising the interesting point, who needs to step up most in this coming year? And to me,
1: I'm thinking it's Benny Williams. That's not a bad take. Um but I think there's a couple of different avenues in which you can approach this. If Syracuse is going to be a successful team next year, one, it's probably going to take a, uh, an entire scheme change from what they were last year, from just a purely shooting team that didn't care about defense that just tried to run the other team out of the gym, which sometimes they did. And a lot of times they did not. Uh, and I think, if you're going to make that switch, a lot of it comes with your anchor and Jesse Edwards. And he made a huge leap last year, but imagine if he comes in this year, even better than that. And he's in an elite big in college basketball, that would pretty much change this team. And he could and imagine you could run the offense through Jesse Edwards, something Syracuse hasn't been able to do in a very long time with its anchor. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying he's the only person that has to change. Cause I think, Benny is a good choice for this because this is an obviously a guy who came in with huge expectations that did not hit them, Uh, and if he could finally hit them, maybe he turns into a really, really valuable player for the Orange, but I really want to see Jesse go out there and be an unstoppable big man. I get it, but I would make the argument that he was a
0: top three big in the ACC last year I don't know if there's necessarily sure, but now how about number one for him to improve yeah and that'd be great I mean Armando bacon is back at UNC so there's that but it's true but Jesse Edwards can be better I don't know if there is that much more that there there's that much room for him to grow compared to other players and, and he and that's okay if this is as good as Jesse Edwards ever is let's be honest He's already better than we thought he ever would be, or at least I did. Absolutely. So you're playing with house money at that point. In terms of players that need to elevate their game, all Jesse Edwards needs to do is sustain his game, and that, in all likelihood, is probably a feat in and of itself. Not coming off an ACL, but broken left wrist, that's a significant injury, and if he can get back to where he was prior to it, then I would be
1: impressed. That was a crushing injury in a game that did not matter. Um, Well, luckily for you, Brad, it's not my only answer to this question. Uh, So this is a team that we're going to see this season that has kind of unprecedented youth, at least unprecedented in the last five or six so years. Um, You're going to have a lot of young guys on this squad, and Syracuse is only year winning a national championship. They did it with freshmen. Uh, Not saying any of these freshmen are Jerry McNamara. Oh, Carmel and Anthony, cool. um, But if they're going to be really successful, they're going to have to do it on the backs of freshmen, most likely. So Justin Taylor and Chris Bunch, I think, are going to be two guys that have to come in and make an immediate impact and be really, really good if they're going to win basketball games. I honestly see this team being either very solid or not much and a lot similar to last year in terms of record. I don't really think they could be anywhere in between because either the freshmen are going to come in and be really good or they're not.
0: Yes, yes. And it's funny because if you asked me at this time last year, how is Syracuse going to be for last year? I would tell you, honestly, it just depends on Benny Williams because a lot of people said that he could be a one-and-done player. And if you have a one-and-done player as a freshman, Benny Williams coming in with all of his length and all of his excitement, he would change the lineup and Syracuse to be a good team if Benny was a one and done player. Think about that. But he wasn't. And now more than ever, you're right. The the fate of this team rests in the hands of the freshman. Absolutely. I think that it's it's far first of all, it's far more acceptable for the freshman to struggle next year than Benny Williams. I would argue that it's more acceptable for Judah Miguel to that. struggle. I, I mean, look, it's He's unfair. Been- Think about this, okay. Benny Williams last year was a top one hundred recruit. And Syracuse only overall. has Syracuse only has one top one hundred recruit this year, it's Judah Mint. So if Justin Taylor fails, let's say he basically is as good as Benny Williams was last year, which is bad. Uh if he if he fails, then is that a complete disappointment? Should we be surprised
1: by that? While I see that angle. I would agree with you if Su's Hall of Fame coach didn't say this was the greatest recruiting class he's ever had. <laughs> well, maybe setting um, them up to now fail a bit. I and everybody else kind of expect them to be at least kind of good. You can't say that and then have them all be terrible. I don't think Beheim would say that if he thought that they would come in and flop, you know? So he's been
0: wrong before. He has been wrong before. Of course, before. He has. of course and he I has. Think- Let's, but, let's be completely fair. I think what he really meant to say was most well-rounded class. So I don't think, based on what Jim Boeheim said to hype well, up his own not program, no less, <laughs> not, I know it's not, but but you think about, okay, take out the coach speak, because you're talking to a, about a biased source here in Jim Boeheim, right? Take out the coach speak, and... What do you have? You have one top 100 recruit, a couple of borderline guys that I don't think anyone would be surprised if they were top 100 because they had been in the top 100 leading up to the final recruiting week. Right. Justin Taylor, Chris Bunch, both could have been in that threshold. But they weren't. But they're very close. They're very good players. But you take out the coach speak angle, and what do you have? You have a good class. wouldn't call it a revolutionary class.
1: Fair, but also, like, I don't think you can go entirely off recruiting rankings, which I know, you know, Um no. but back to Benny for a second. Yeah, I, like this is such he's such an interesting player because he still has such great potential and we've seen him play relatively well. How about in the Duke game where he kind of I felt that in the Duke game, he realized that there was in a lot of pressure because they were going to lose. So he and this is the dude game, not the first or the third one, but the second one that happened inside the carrier dome.
0: He kind of felt like nothing
1: nothing after the first whistle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Um, yeah. He played very. He played really well that game. He had the reverse layup, which was pretty cool.
1: If he can grasp that confidence and bring it into every single game, I think he can be a really good player. Now we also know he's probably easily the best athlete on the floor. The guy can jump out of the gym. He's fast. He's long. But I would like to see him, his shot be there. I mean, he couldn't shoot for anything last season, and that was kind of something he was marketed as coming in. He wasn't a sharpshooter, but they said he could shoot the mid-range ball and even the three at times. So we never saw that, which is bad. Um, But if he could do that, I think he would take that leap that you're talking about, Brad, because everything else is kind of there. Uh, and it seems like he just kind of need, needs confidence. And that might've been the same story for Jesse Edwards. Never forget that Clemson game our sophomore year, I believe uh, when they were in South Carolina, Barama Adibe fouled out and Marek Dolajai was out of the game. They had to throw in Jesse Edwards late in a close game. And he just looked like a deer in headlights. Ball went through his legs. Like he couldn't, he was terrible. Uh, but He grasped some confidence the next season and came in and was fantastic. So I look for Benny Williams to take that leap. I think he definitely could, and I really hope he does.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I agree with you that Benny is definitely a guy that Syracuse fans need to look out for for next year. I don't know if confidence is necessarily key because I never like to question an athlete's confidence. And I think he's an uber-confident player because he's kind of gambling on himself to stay at Syracuse. But we'll continue about Benny. After a short message from Bet Online, because Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all of the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Bones, I want to continue talking about Benny Williams here because I think. But before you do, Brad,
1: we have an important favor to ask our <laughs> listeners. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite lockdown podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Lockdown Podcast. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. What do you say, Brent?
0: Yeah, while you're taking the survey, you might as well interact with our poll on Twitter, which Syracuse player needs to elevate their game most for this coming season on the basketball court. I'm saying it's Benny Williams. And, and, Bones, you mentioned confidence. I think he's a very confident player, and he's he's betting on himself to stay at Syracuse. A lot of players in this day and age would transfer. And you're right. The shot is where it's going to start and where it's going to end. If he can't shoot, then honestly, yeah. in this day and age, he can't. I'm not going to say he can't play but he can't excel in this day and age. The other thing no. I want to look at when it comes to Benny Williams' improvement, I think he's going to improve just by proxy, just by circumstance, being in the system for one year, understanding, hearing Jim Beheim in, in one year and hopefully not out the other. But you think about another game, Indiana, right? Double overtime, win for the Orange, and think about how that game almost ended or really that game continued with Trace Jackson Davis's put back after a missed free throw over Benny Williams when he basically didn't even jump on, on that missed free throw. Didn't box out, didn't jump, whatever. He was a zero, and he was there to rebound. So that's the other stuff, the small stuff that doesn't show up on the box score that he wasn't fantastic at last year. And we all think that he can be good at it because of his athleticism. I know he can because of his athleticism. But it just didn't happen his freshman year, which is okay, because he's a freshman. But it needs to happen in his sophomore year.
1: I hope nobody forgets that Frank Anselm single-handedly won that game. He did. He so did. (laughs) He was a mediocre free throw shooter at best all year. Every single one of those was like, oh my goodness, is this going to go in? He hit. But it did. Uh, He's the man for those right down the stretch. Um. Just a quick note on his confidence. I think he's a very confident player off the floor, but once he gets on it, I think he has cold feet. Um, But that's my final take about that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It is the the small things that hopefully he does get better at. In the offseason, he can come in a better player next season because if he did, they'd be fantastic. Um, All right, another name I want to throw out to you here is or Hema. All right? Uh, This is a guy (laughs) who... I'm not incredibly confident in. I want him to succeed like nobody's business. But to me, he doesn't look like a lot. Um, He looks like a skinny big that Syracuse loves. Syracuse is the biggest fan of the skinny big maybe in the country. Marek Dolajai, Barama Sidibe, Pascal Chuku, Frank Anselm. They love the skinny big. All right. And Munir Hima is another guy to add to that list. I just hope the guy can come in and figure out a way to help the team some way, somehow, because yep. another skinny big and Peter Carey, I don't think is going to be that great this season. Next season, different story. Bigs take a long time to develop. I don't think you're going to see Peter Carey play many minutes this season. Uh, Munir Hema, on the other hand, a transfer coming in from Duquesne, should be playing some kind of minutes, and he's probably going to be – uh jesse's first backup right this is guys gonna yeah. probably play 10 minutes a game uh whenever jesse's tired moon ear is coming in so hopefully he can jump like jim Beheim wanted frank anselm to do and he can fill his role but what do you think the ceiling is for mooney or hema on this team uh, that's this that's season hard, not in the future hard question i don't think this season
0: especially i you're not getting another frank anselm here I don't think no, he's going to a different
1: completely fill that hole. Just in terms of caliber, there will be a I'm just. I'm not sure if Munir Hima is ever going to go out there and grab 10 to 15 rebounds like Frank was capable of doing.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't think so either. To me, and you're right, they're different players. To me, I'm not going to go with ceiling here, but... A lot of people are concerned about Munir Hima and how he's going to fit in, how he's going to adjust to the ACC game after dipping his toes in Duquesne in the A 10. His role, his job, I should say, his job is very simple. Okay. All he needs to do now, Syracuse would like more out of this. Absolutely. All he needs to do is be better than two players. Three. Fine. He needs to be better than Peter Carey. Shouldn't be too difficult, but who knows? He needs to be better than John Bola Jock, who is basically switched position from center to forward. And he needs to be better than Malik Brown. Now, Malik Brown is more, for me, I'm still going to die
1: on that You're mountain. You're the bro. biggest Malik Brown fan ever.
0: I just think by circumstance... Malik Brown not...
1: is your new Michael Jones. Yeah, I'll tell you. You
0: love Malik Brown. I'll... <laughs> I like Malik Brown, but more in terms of fit. I'm going to die on that mountain where I still think that he could potentially be in the center rotation. I would at least try it in camp and see how it works out. Well, if he's at the five and Malik's at the five, who's at the four? Well, you'd go small. I could go bunch. It could be Benny. It could be, yeah, Yeah, you you have options. That's the thing. The forward room is pretty deep centers, not so much. So I, I think you have to be better than those three guys just by a little bit, and then you can play and then, it's not a waste of a scholarship. Now, Syracuse had a scholarship to use, so it's a worthwhile gamble, but that's all that needs to happen. We're
1: that's still waiting still on very Chaz good. Owens to transfer here.
0: Yeah, that's still not very – I don't think he will at this point. Jeez, I don't it's think not he's looking going to good. It. It's not looking very good for Munir Hima to be exponentially better. Do you think he's
1: that much better than John Bolajak as a center? Well, I haven't seen the guy play, so I can't really say that much. Um, As a center, I don't think John Bolajac is anything. So I'll take Munir Hima (laughs) right now. But um, I think he'll absolutely outplay those two guys. I also think Syracuse wouldn't have gone out and got him if they didn't plan on using him. So there's kind of something to that in which like he probably came in and they were like, "All right, you're going to be the backup center. And he was like, cool. Yeah, um, well, think about what his other option
0: was. Is it was going to be the backup at Duquesne or backup at Syracuse? So, what, what are we Yeah, talking exactly. About? Now, they're different sports, so it's an unfair comparison. But the thing that bothers me about Munir Hema and the reason I'm really agreeing with you, that he needs to step up his game and just change his game, he can't be the same player he was at Duquesne. You think about the recruitment, right? Syracuse took Quincy Ballard to varsity, Jim Bayon and Ballard to varsity, to have a slice of pizza and talk about Syracuse, Syracuse native, goes to Wichita State heartbroken, and then they get Munir Hima. It's so clear that he was not their first choice. I'd be surprised if he was their second choice. But they go this route out of necessity. You think about the difference in the recruitment of Carlos Del Rio Wilson, and it's not even just caliber of player. Again, different sport, different position. I get it. It's not even just caliber of player. Is Syracuse made a call, went out, got the guy that they wanted, and that's it. They convinced him that he was going to be an impact player. They wanted him. They got him. Boom. With Munir Humor, they're dragging their feet. Can we get Quincy Ballard? Can we not? Anyone else? Going once? Going twice? All right, fine. Munir, come here. Fine. <laughs> that was it. That was the recruitment. So I don't see how Syracuse fans can be very excited for him. And I can see how they'd be very nervous for him.
1: Brad, when you mentioned his lunch at varsity with Quincy Ballard, I just kind of started thinking, if I ever had an opportunity to talk to Coach Beheim, I think one of my first questions would be, give me your top five lunches you've ever had at varsity. I Mm. bet you that's a crazy list. He's like, well, one time with Patino, this, that, and the other thing. Like, I think he'd have a really good list. Oh, you're not talking um, about food. You're just talking about experiences. No, his experience. Like, who did okay. he go with? Like, I bet you he's had some cool lunches at Varsity. I um, once got, it's, it's one of the biggest regrets of my life. Oh, I once gracious. got a <laughs> rice
0: bowl here? at Varsity. It was terrible. I mean, I love Varsity. I'm a bigger, what? biggest what? endorser of Varsity yeah. ever. Get the pizza. Go get some wings. Don't get
1: the rice bowl. It was stupid guy Klein man um <laughs> anyway back to the real uh meat of the conversation here um yeah moonir him can't feel too confident coming in here but I think he also is going to take advantage of this opportunity and, and hopefully he can make something of it to answer my own question to you which is what's his ceiling which you didn't answer um I, I can't answer it I either. think that he is I think I'm gonna give you an answer I think his ceiling on this team this season it's a guy who's going to play 10 to 15 minutes a game if he's lucky, um, and he's going to average somewhere at like 2.3 points, 3.6 rebounds, and like 0. .8 blocks. I think that's what you're going to wow. get that's out of point him. Point That was uh, yep. pretty specific. I'm being precise because okay, I, I want people to remember comp. these numbers.
0: I thought you were nope. looking for a player comp. No, no I was I, looking at I mean, what is this guy going to do on the floor? He's going to play 10 minutes a game for sure, just out of out, out necessity. I mean, I don't because I'm Team Brown here, but yeah, someone's <laughs> gonna play ten minutes behind Jesse Edwards every game, and you're gonna run into a basket in those ten minutes. So there, there are your two points, and yeah, three rebounds. Cool, whatever. It just means all all those numbers tell me is that you were at six foot ten and above for ten minutes. That's all that tells me.
1: Nah, eh, it means you also did something. You can exist on the floor for ten minutes and be bad but you can also exist in the four and 10 minutes and actually contribute. And I think he at his ceiling, he'll contribute. Um, Um. So, yeah. Uh, One more name I want to throw at you right at the end of our conversation here. And I don't know necessarily how much room there is to grow, but I think there's a conversation about it. How much better in a season where he's going to be taking all the shots do you think Joe Girard will be? Good question. Um.
0: He's not going to improve as a player, but he, he's going to improve as a fit to Syracuse just because he's going well, to if be he able can play to at the two,
1: what he needs, what he wants. If he yeah, can play at the two all season two. long, like that could be a game-changer for him. Because we saw him play at the two at the end of last year with Saimir at the one in the Duke game, and he was fantastic in that yep. fit. Uh, and it was a lot more fun to watch him not have to take the ball up and not have to dribble. If he could just come out yeah. from screens and create his own shot and just bang threes Just be a George so Gerard could be your favorite player by the end of the year <laughs> I get it so, I get it
0: But the, the thing is even in last year's role as the starting point guard rather than shooting guard Gerard can be your favorite player on Tuesday and then they play on Thursday and use your least favorite player I think well, that's, that's what he was last same. season right so yeah. I am I am convinced that that is going to be more or less Joe Girard. Now, will he be a little bit more consistent? Will those oh my God, Joe Girard needs to sit down, should redshirt his senior year, whatever dramatic impulse I have after he goes 0 for 9 with two points against Pittsburgh. If I I find those will likely be rare because he's going to be playing his position, but they're not going to be extinct. He will have goose egg games and Gerard, just one of those players that you're just going to have to deal with
1: it when it comes to his streakiness. He's a streaky guy, and we all know no. that at this point. Um, but to I me, think, you know, in, in a different role, he could be really good. He could be. I think he will be. And, and you also have a lot of guards on this team. If Jude is taking up the ball or Simon yeah. is taking up the ball and he doesn't, he never in in a perfect world, Joe Gerard never has to play point guard on this team, right? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So now my, my thought process here, and maybe it's because I'm just, I'm a, I'm a pessimist or I'm just trying to do due diligence. But after the disappointment of Benny Williams, freshmen are so unpredictable. So you mentioned, okay, Judah Mintz is your one. Yeah, he's your one, but what if he's bad? What if he's bad at basketball? What if he gets hurt? What if he's not ready for the ACC? Then your starting point guard is Samir Torrance. And to me, that's a guy who needs to elevate his game probably the most outside of Benny Williams in my eyes. Because you think about him and you talk about Benny's shot. If Saimir can shoot, that changes not only his game, but the lineup.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't I wouldn't hold your breath on if Simir can no, shoot. No, no, I get it. But yeah, I mean it well, so uh, I think the better conversation here is is what will the chemistry be like between judah and joe right like who's gonna like judah's not going to sit there and not take shots um but i think joe's going to expect to take most of the shots so there's going to be a little bit of a competition there but if they can come into the year i mean i guess it's kind of the same thing with buddy where you know buddy expected to take the most shots and and he did but joe now wants a a bigger share of the, the load so it'll be interesting to see but if they can come in and kind of share that load and judah can know his spot as a freshman uh, I think they could have a really, really solid offense. Yeah, I think
0: I think that duo makes a lot of sense. And then Simir is your backup utility guard. Obviously, he's more of a one. And I could see a world where, just based on player prototype, if Joe goes down and foul trouble or, God forbid, an injury, fatigue, but that's probably not an issue because he played nearly 40 minutes last year, uh, if he is out, then you're probably going with Saimir at the one, Mince at the two, right?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. Probably. Uh, I mean, it can't because, be Simear yeah, at the I two. Think...
0: You want Samir at the two because of height. I get it. But outside of that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And the thing about Torrance, it, when it comes to elevating his game and improvement, and this is especially important for the entire backcourt, is that offensively last year, he was a zero. He was a bad finisher, and he was a terrible shooter. And I feel like if he can be a viable option, either outside or inside, then that will make him a legitimate ACC point guard. Last year, he was good, not really good, and that would be the difference between good and really good. Yeah, I feel you there. But that's pretty much a wrap for us here on Locked On Syracuse. Remember, go check out our Twitter. And interact with the poll. Who needs to elevate their game the most for SU Hoops this coming year? But we appreciate you, appreciate you making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Rafael Barlow, Richard Statement, Sam Ferris, Lee Thulin. Giving fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course... Big boards follow the locked on NBA big board every day on the odyssey app YouTube and wherever you get your podcast bones and Brad back at it on Monday taking the weekend off and we will have more Syracuse information and analysis for you when the week is back. See you there.